Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What you once knew as, let's say, joy or excitement just no longer excites you as much. So you feel a little bit lost. You might feel a little bit directionless. I mentioned before you feel bored. But really what I like to say is that this state is something that we can now also refer to as languishing. Hello, hello. Welcome to 30 and a Bit. My name is Pete and each episode I try to solve one of the questions you run into after hitting the big 3-0 together with an expert. Today's question is, am I having a midlife crisis? Today's amazing guest is Dr. Maike Neuhaus. Maike is a psychologist, coach, and public speaker. Maike is is originally from Germany, but has lived in Australia and France for most of her adult life and is now a digital nomad calling in from South Africa. She has two kids of 12 and 15 years old and is 41 years old herself. Welcome, Maike. Thank you so much, Pete, for having me. I'm stoked to be here. I'm so excited to be talking about midlife crisis. But my first question to every expert always is, how were your 30s? Well, my 30s weren't bad at all, I would say. They were probably relatively average. I did the suburbia life, you know, with the husband and the two kids and the obligatory golden retriever. Uh, I had a white picket fence as well and went to work full time and uh, the kids to school. So pretty average for most of it. But of course, then I also started looking for something else, perhaps catalyzed by a midlife crisis. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe the white picket fence wasn't the ultimate dream after all. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) and now starting your 40s you've completely turned it around you've become a digital nomad you're uh, homeschooling your kids on the road it sounds really exciting it's honestly I'm loving it right now you never know for how long but we are at least giving it a go so right now it really suits us it sounds incredible Um, and I would love to dive deeper into what made you think that you might be having a midlife crisis and wanted to turn your life around Um, But first of all, I'm very curious, the midlife crisis as a term suggests that it happens midlife. But another term I've heard is a quarter life crisis. I'm 33, so it's maybe more like a third life crisis. What's the deal here when it comes to the term? Of course, we have this term midlife crisis because that's when it often occurs, you know, maybe when we're in our 40s or 50s, but it may as well also happen when we're in our 20s or 30s and we can call it whatever we want. It's basically a little bit of an emotional crisis where we kind of stop and reevaluate life because we realize that the shoe we've been wearing for a while basically no longer fits. So we start to notice that things aren't really right anymore and we're a bit confused by that um, and we're starting to look for solutions. And maybe this can look to the outside as a little bit of like maybe being restless or something like that. Um, And that's why sort of it's it's a bit of a crisis, but whether it happens in midlife or in the first quarter or whenever, it doesn't really matter. It's basically just an emotional crisis. 
Okay, so we're going to use the term midlife crisis throughout this episode, but it's really for anyone that has these feelings. Absolutely. Well said. Happy to go with that. Okay, let's do that. How often does it occur, you think? Well, I think it really depends on the person, you know, and how you set yourself up in life and also how you respond to your own crises. Um, so, you know, some people never experience it and others just go through kind of like a, a smaller emotional crisis every now and then, you know, a few times throughout their life. It really depends on the person, uh, him or, her, or herself. What are some signs of a midlife crisis? To be honest, in a midlife crisis or this sort of emotional crisis is really what as positive psychologists we would probably call languishing. So it's when you, as I mentioned before, it's like this shoe that no longer fits but that you've been wearing for a while. And it's like th some of the signs are that, you know, maybe the connections that deeply fulfilled you that you've had in your life with other people, maybe you no longer feel like you're riding the same wave or you're on the same wavelength as they are but it could also be that all of a sudden you just don't feel fulfilled anymore in your job and you feel like you've outgrown that it could be that you just feel bored out of your brain and what you once knew as let's say joy or excitement just no longer excites you as much so you feel a little bit lost you might feel a little bit directionless I mentioned before you feel bored But really what I like to say is that this state is something that we can now also refer to as languishing. And I mention that because throughout the pandemic, this term of languishing has become a little bit better known by the public because um, Professor Adam Grant wrote this big article for it in the New York Times, I think it was, to basically put some words to what a lot of people were experiencing throughout the pandemic when we were in lockdown for a prolonged period of time. Now, that was that feeling of feeling blah, feeling meh, feeling completely bored, feeling like you're just operating, you know, like a living robot, feeling like you're reliving Groundhog Day over and over again. Of course, throughout the pandemic and in living in isolation where so many things that are vital for our flourishing were being sort of taken away from us, of course it happens then. So that's not when I would call it a midlife crisis, but the way it presented was very similar. And that's that state of languishing. And it's just that throughout life, when we, you know, when we grow as a person, but our environment and our circumstances don't change or grow with that. Um, that's a similar thing that then we start experiencing as well, because basically our human needs and desires as, as individuals are no longer met. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense, actually. If you feel it creeping in closer, what can you do to minimize it, to not have like a full-blown emotional crisis? So it's interesting that sort of the first point of call is to say, how can we get rid of this? Where I think that's almost like taking the set second step before the first, because I think what's important is to actually almost embrace it, to acknowledge it and to go, okay, something important is happening here right now. That's what we often forget. And that includes myself. I go through these phases and through these crises myself. And of course they feel a bit yucky. No one wants them, right? You don't want to feel directionless. You don't want to feel confused. You don't want to feel like something isn't right. 
But what we need to do is to really treat that as an opportunity and embrace that and then start looking deep into, well, what is going on? What do I need right now? What is it exactly that doesn't feel right anymore? If this shoe doesn't fit anymore, well, where have I grown and how have my own needs maybe grown with that um, that I need to adjust to, you know, by changing something in my own life circumstances, maybe in the people I surround myself with, maybe in the work I do every day, maybe in my physical built environment, maybe in the way I live. So I think the first thing we should really do, and this is something we can do throughout our own entire life, is to pay attention to ourselves and to cultivate that self-knowledge and to pay attention to what we need and what is screaming from inside of us that we so often ignore when life gets busy. So looking at things like you know, I, I mentioned before, what, what is it that's really important to you? Well, that's your values. You know, really taking time to understand our values. What is it that actually excites you? What is it that you want to experience more in your life? I always have to giggle a little bit because when we talk about values and, and understanding our values, the first thing that you'll find, whether that's on the internet or if you're working with a coach, it's like, okay, here's a values list. You know, you'll get sent this this uh, PDF with a whole list of values. And it's like, now pick your first five or your favorite 10. And most people first go, hang on a minute. I want to tick, you know, I want to tick financial freedom. I want to take security i want to tick justice and fairness and compassion and you go of course tick 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 and it's like okay if we assume that we all have a need for most of these values anyway where what what are the ones that you would love to just turn the volume up for you know in your life which ones are the ones that you would love to really stand out in your life because they are really the ones that excite you the most sort of thing. So if we can do that, I think we are halfway there. The other half, of course, is always, well, how can you then put that into action? Yes. Let's also definitely talk about that, but that would be very hard. Do you feel like since um, we're out of lockdown, people have kind of gotten over that feeling or is it maybe more and more amplified now that people have had maybe a bit more time to think about what they find very important in their life? What a brilliant question, Pete. I think actually that something has stuck with people. So first of all, it's given people time to experience life where a lot of the hustle and the busyness and the noise has been taken away. So they started to tune in a little bit more with themselves and they started to realize what are actually some of the things that usually make me thrive in life. For example, how important is it really to be connected with other people, right? But I think what's also really stuck with people is the different ways we can work and operate in life. So, for example, one of the big ones that stand out is do we really need to go into the office every day? Do we really need to be working nine hours or be nine hours present at our desk every day? Does it really mean that we provide nine hours worth of high quality output every day? You know, or the fact that a lot of people got a taster of remote work or hybrid work has now started opening up people's minds towards, hang on a minute, maybe there are a lot more jobs within my own profession that would allow me to be geographically independent and work from wherever I would like to. And that just gets a ball rolling, I think, of 
questioning a lot of things in our lives, a lot of different domains, our finances, our health, our uh, living situation and so forth. So I think a lot has actually stuck with people. Not everyone knows exactly what to do with that. And also not everyone is willing to actually listen to that and do something proactive or constructive with that. You've mentioned some of the symptoms. So feeling a bit restless, maybe slightly unhappy, the meh and bar feeling. What are some other symptoms? I think, you know, it's that directionless or confusion that all you know is that something is wrong. You know, for example, let's say um, if I mentioned the metaphor in the beginning that it feels like the shoe you've been wearing your whole life or all this time all of a sudden no longer fits. And first of all, you're kind of like surprised about it. Why? And you almost just want to wish that away because it's frustrating, right? We hate it when life throws us curveballs. It's just another thing to deal with. So um, I think in the beginning, often what happens is that the only thing you know is that you're bored you're restless something doesn't fulfill you as much anymore again the you know you might not be able to relate as much to your friends when you're having a a chat with your friends it doesn't interest you as much you feel sort of left empty by a lot of the things in your life or indifferent it's like you can take it or leave it and that's not a really nice state and it certainly isn't a state that we are meant to have as human beings. As human beings, we have a need to have mental well-being or to be flourishing. So those are actually synonyms. Um, And part of that is to experience joy, is to feel like your life is meaningful, is to realize our potential and feel like we're living life on purpose and having that deep interest and engagement and living our passions and becoming better at something that we're passionate about and also to connect deeply both with ourselves and with other people and perhaps our community so if those things aren't met we are left in this state of nowhere, almost this limbo land. We don't have a mental illness. We're not depressed. We don't have anxiety, clinical anxiety or anything like that, but we're also not well. And this is the interesting part, I think, because we talk so much about mental health these days and that we need to fight the stigma and so forth. When we talk about mental health, all people think about is mental illness. Correct me if I'm wrong. But we know from research over the last two decades at least that in order to be completely mentally healthy, we actually need two things. First of all, yes, we need the absence of mental illness. No one wants to be depressed or whatever. But also we need the presence of mental well-being or flourishing. And that's exactly what I mentioned before. We need that feeling of joy. We need that feeling of being deeply connected and realizing our potential and so forth. We need to feel like this all has a meaning and we also need to feel deeply connected that's when we feel like we are fully alive and we are the exact opposite of that zombie mode. Mm, That rings very true. I think also especially to millennials and Gen Z because I feel like the whole classic joke of a middle-aged man starting to sleep with his assistant and buying a Ferrari, that's like the old picture we had with, with a midlife crisis. Overall, I think the term midlife crisis has a very bad rep. But when I listen to you... Uh, and the symptoms, it isn't that bad, but you should follow up and make changes in order to get over it, correct? 100%. And look, don't get me wrong, it can get really bad. Midlife crisis has a bad rep because of those mid 
age, white, you know, men who then sleep with their secretary or buy the Ferrari? Well, because that's all they know in terms of how to deal with that. You know, we can be a lot more constructive about how we respond to it. And of course, this is how, you know, it gives them sort of some joy or excitement back into their life. Uh, I think it's completely understandable. What they don't know is something that we know very well about these days, and that's called miswanting. So as humans, we actually all suffer from that. You don't have to be white middle-aged men. Um, We all suffer from this, and that is our inability to predict what actually makes us significantly happy in the future. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The lasting way. So this is something that researchers, especially um, researcher called uh, Daniel Gilbert, referred to as miswanting. We're not very good at predicting what we need in order to be happy. So what happens is that we aim for goals that we think will make us happy. For example, getting that degree, uh, getting that promotion, getting that title, maybe buying the fancy Ferrari, buying a nice house, buying a bigger house, a nicer house, a fancier car. All these things we do that we think, or, or, or longing for fame or something like that, that we think will make us happy. And once we get there, it's like a, it's like an anticlimax, unfortunately. Or it feels good, but by far not as for as long as we thought it would. So if we understand that whole concept of miswanting, we can set goals that will actually deliver on that happiness promise. It's so funny. I'm actually getting warm. You just mentioning all these things because that is so me, just trying to reach for the new thing, trying to get to the next stage of whatever. I've actually been saying for months now to my husband, let's just sell everything. Let's buy a camper van and let's leave. And he's like, you're just practicing escapism now. Like you're, instead of just dealing with a lot of things, you're like, let's just walk away from everything. He's like, that's not how you do things. Oh, can I just say something about that? Because sometimes it's good to have someone in your life who checks you on that and double checks, you know, is this you just escaping? Are you running away from something? Or are you running towards something? Because, of course, it looks like that typical midlife crisis. You are buying a Ferrari. Well, Pete, you are just selling everything and going traveling. Well, I've just been there and done that basically, right? But this is the thing. People automatically 
label that as running away from something. Why can't it be running towards something? And this is just something that you, that's a question you need to answer for yourself and that only you can answer. No one else can give you that answer, you know, but this is what I would ask myself. Are you running away or are you running towards? Well, interesting you say that because you mentioned that list with values earlier and it, I, it just reminded me, I had to fill that out with a course that I did maybe half a year ago. Yeah. And travel was one that I valued really high. So as you were saying this, I was like, that's probably one that I want to turn the volume up on. Um, mm -hmm. So it's maybe a combination of both. Like obviously the camper van would be a way to travel and see more of the world, but it's also definitely laced with ex escapism. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good insight to have, isn't it? And what's also important is that if we, for example, those, those values lists should only ever be the first point of call. Once you tick a box, it's like, okay, is it really traveling? What does traveling mean to you? You defining that value because I've been there, done that too. And for me, I realized it's not necessarily traveling. It's adventuring and adventuring can also happen in your own backyard or whatever, you know, start to take you know lessons dancing salsa whatever I don't know whatever that might be so becoming really clear on that but yeah it's it's good if you if you start playing around with those things it's uh yeah I'm gonna have to sit on this a little bit longer not put the house on the market yet <laughs> just kind of sit with myself maybe <laughs> <laughs> although yeah let's at good the end idea. of the conversation I definitely want to go into what we can do about it like what good first steps are what kind of people do you think are very susceptible to to heading towards a midlife crisis? So often it's people who are naturally going through a life transition. So when, you know, for example, you finish school and you start working or you finish uni and you start working or you go from traveling the whole world to settling somewhere or maybe the other way around or you start, you go from being single to being married and having children. Those are all big life transitions that have a big, can have a very big impact on us. And depending on our self-insight and how much that is intentionally driven by us can be a culprit of midlife crisis sometimes. So I think those people can be more susceptible to it. Or, for example, if you've just had a traumatic experience, again, you know, a big life transition, a big, something big has happened in your life circumstances. Absolutely. It can also be age because as we get older, we start to realize our own mortality and that can trigger a lot of thoughts. Hang on a minute. I'm already 40 or I'm already 35 or whatever. Uh, what have I actually been doing with my life so far? And all those dreams I had when I was younger and things I said I was going to do when I'm older, have I actually achieved many of them? Will I ever achieve any of them? If I still believe that now, but I haven't actually created any of those changes, how much can I actually trust myself to create those changes in the future? Am I fooling myself? So that's also a big one. Um, but also I would say people, we all have a different way of being brought up, right? So some people seem to have a more intuitive relationship 
with themselves. They always sort of know what they need or they have a better idea of who they are, what they would like to do for a living and so forth. And they might also be given more freedom to actually be that, express that, live by that. Whereas others are more surrounded by families, maybe societal structures with a lot of expectations to get that degree, learn a proper job, you know, get married and have those babies. When am I going to be a grandma, right? Those sorts of pressures. And some people, it's more the family putting the pressure on, sometimes more explicit, sometimes more implicit or indirect. Sometimes it's whole cultures who have those expectations of people. It all depends on, you know, when you grew up and the life you've created for yourself so far, how much would you say that is actually a life on your terms and how much is it perhaps a life on other people's terms? And if it's more a life that you have created because you've been trying to please everybody else around you, well, that will probably at some stage feel really awful um, and you will be more susceptible to a midlife crisis than if you've always maybe been that rebel, taken that freedom for yourself and gone your own path. That makes a lot of sense. And also um, to your point about big life changes, I got married in the last six months and I started working on this podcast full time. So that might be why wow. for me, <laughs> there's been a couple big changes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely going to think about this a bit more. Do you think midlife crises are responsible for a lot of divorces and breakups? I think divorces and breakups are complex and there's lots of reasons probably for them. So I wouldn't uh, you know, necessarily blame midlife crises. But sometimes, sure, it can lead to that. If you realize that the relationship is really not, you know, something that helps you grow as a person, or if that relationship is not supportive of you growing in the direction you desire to grow into, for example, if there's no support to adjust to your newly discovered needs, perhaps, or whatever that might be, of course, whenever we grow as people, and we do have the capacity to grow our entire lives, it, you know, changes will follow. And if you have that need to go through this transition um, and it doesn't match or doesn't work in line with that relationship sort of agreement anymore, of course that can happen. If you do embrace it and you move through this crisis in a conscious way also with your partner, it can really deepen and intensify that relationship also in a beautiful way. So it doesn't just have to be the culprit of a breakup. It can actually be the culprit of something greater and something really beautiful. I think a lot of people would probably confuse a burnout to a midlife crisis. Can you explain what the difference is? Yeah, I mean, I'm no burnout expert, but burnout is usually we talk about burnout in the context of work. So when you're just absolutely emotionally and mentally drained from that, that's very different because especially, you know, when I mean, a languishing or a midlife crisis can also be very emotionally draining, but it's not necessarily work related. And it's also not we don't necessarily see things like 
um, you know, depersonal depersonalization or becoming cynical or something like that. That's more the feeling of just being dull and indifferent, not necessarily exhausted from doing too much and too much pressure. Sometimes it can actually be the other way around because nothing really hits the spot and you just feel so bored no matter how much you do and you feel so indifferent and so forth. So very different concepts. They're very different. They're much more different than I initially thought. So I wonder if there are listeners that are like, oh, actually, I'm leaning much more towards the one instead of the other one. Yeah, might be. You know, there's always things you can do. Like, for example, on my website, you can take a free test to see if you're flourishing or if you're languishing. So at least there you get an indication of whether you might be in one of those midlife crises. Um, of course, I talk more about languishing or flourishing, but it's the same thing. If you're languishing, it's a bit of an emotional crisis and that shoe is too small or you haven't found the right one or whatsoever. Um, so you can also head there and take that test and maybe get a little bit of a preliminary answer. Okay, guess what I'm going to do as soon as we're done with this recording? <laughs> you to take the test. <laughs> I'm going to take this test. <laughs> if listeners and me do at the end of the test figure out they're languishing, what are some good first steps we can take? Yeah, so... There are lots of different things. So first of all, familiarize yourself with what we need as humans in order to flourish. So basically this is, I share so much content on this, on my Instagram, on my Facebook, on LinkedIn and so forth. So understand what we need to flourish. That is the first step, starting to get an understanding of the elements involved in that and then slowly starting to apply that to your own life. So you will find that they are things, for example, like understanding what brings you joy. What are just some simple things that used to bring you joy um, or that might bring you joy now? Start experimenting with that. See if you just need to bring, bring back some joy into your life. Or what are the things that give you a feeling of meaningfulness? Or what are the things that allow you to feel as though you're living your purpose. So starting to understand yourself, gaining that self-knowledge, understanding your values, understanding your strength. There's a whole list of things you can basically do. Um, a lot of them are completely free. It is very dependent on the individual themselves. So, you know, some people already have a lot of self-knowledge and self-insight or someone might know their values, but not their strengths or whatever. Um really depends on what you need and how good you are with retrieving that information for yourself, researching around certain topics, finding resources. But of course, you can also always work with a coach who is qualified in this arena. <laughs> yes, I do think um, listening to you, if people do think they're going through this, it is really important to act on it, right? Not just let it stew because it can get worse and worse. It won't go away by itself, that's for sure. Mm. Oh, it can only get away by making changes in your life. Lots of food it for really thought. It really is as simple as that. <laughs> 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 well, maybe this is already the takeaway, but maybe not. My final question always is, if you could give the listeners one takeaway from this episode, what would it be? I would say understand that every midlife crisis or quarter-life crisis is also a midlife opportunity. So see it as an opportunity and as a sign that you are growing and you are changing, and that is a very good thing. The reason you experience it as a crisis is because 
the environment and your way of living has to change with it. So embrace it as an opportunity and use the energy that you experience because you feel so stuck and you feel so confused or maybe frustrated with that. You got to use that energy and just transform it into something more constructive. That's a very positive note to end on. I love that. Yeah, I love it too. I try to embrace it myself. <laughs> well, and I guess you are on the road now. You've made some big changes to your life, um, but this is your way of trying to deal with a midlife crisis. Well, if we want to call it a midlife crisis, I'm not sure if that was actually a midlife crisis. I've been through so many changes in my life, but I think what you get better at every time you move through even just a little crisis of some sort is you really get to understand yourself better. Yeah, I wouldn't say necessarily this is maybe me working through my midlife crisis, but I'm certainly increasingly living aligned to my own values. I love that. Please tell us where we can find you, your socials and the test on the website. <laughs> Absolutely. So the test you can find on my website, which is theflourishingdoc.com. And you will also see all the links to my socials there. You can find me on Insta, on Facebook, all the big ones as the Flourishing Doc. Um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I love when people reach out on LinkedIn as well. You'll find me under Dr. Mike Neuhaus, but maybe try and find that link through my website because it's just uh, bound for spelling mistakes. So <laughs> <laughs> go to the website, theflourishingdoc.com is your safest bet. Go there, safest bet. You can find all the information. Thank you so much for being here and shining light on this. This was a very... I really enjoyed this conversation and made me realize that I should probably seek like, like figure out what the unrest within myself is a little bit more. I love hearing that Pete. And Hey, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this. I think we all need to talk about it more and really overcome that stigma and the bad reputation midlife crisis has. Let's start talking about midlife opportunities. I love it. We're going to turn it around. We're going to talk about opportunities, not on crises. Um, and I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Awesome. Me too. Thanks, Pete. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Please give this podcast a five-star review. This really helps with growing and reaching a bigger audience. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at 30 and a bit podcast. And we will be back next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.